Hello, and welcome to SPS Talk, a podcast by and for leaders in the Solutions for Patient Safety Network. I'm Trey Coffey, the Associate Clinical Director of SPS. Before we get started, I have a few brief announcements. In April, we launched our nephrotoxic acute kidney injury work. At the May National Learning Session, we launched two pioneer cohorts related to employee and staff safety. Those are slips, trips, and falls, and patient behavioral events. We recently completed a board training, and we have another board training in Bethesda, Maryland. And last but not least, our next national learning session for hospital leaders will take place on October 17th to 19th in Atlanta, Georgia. Today, I have the opportunity to introduce Dr. Diane Heatley from American Family Children's Hospital. Diane is a pediatric otolaryngologist and has been the medical director of American Family Children's Hospital in Madison, Wisconsin since 2011. For those of you who are privileged to know Diane like I do, you will know she's a passionate and relentless advocate for advancing safety culture. The title of the podcast today is The Important Role Physicians Play in Error Prevention Training. Welcome, Diane. Thanks, Trey. At American Family, we're a 111-bed full-service children's hospital associated with UW Health, the University of Wisconsin Academic Medical Center in Madison. I give you that introduction to acknowledge there's different structural and political factors that come into play as a hospital that's part of a system versus as a hospital that's freestanding. Both have hurdles to manage. They're just slightly different. By the time we were just a year into our Solutions for Patient Safety journey, it became clear to us that we really weren't going to get a long way with our hack work unless we also started to get a handle on our culture. We joined SPS Culture Wave 5 not quite one year after we joined SPS. It was a ton of work, sometimes overwhelming, but it really put a structure around our thinking and on how to handle things. The quality department of our entire system had not completely formalized their structure either and took the opportunity we had with SPS at Children's to come along for the ride with us as the guinea pigs. Our team attended air prevention training and was given the directive by SPS that we should begin training at our home organization within 12 weeks. We in no way met that goal. And about four months after the SPS classwork was when we began meeting with our adult education team, nurse educators, the people who grant continuing education credit, human resources, and lots of others. We completely disassembled the SPS course and reassembled it into something we thought would be successful with our team in Madison. As part of that process, we held four focus groups and invited leaders from clinical and non-clinical areas to sit through the two and a half hours of training and then spend the next half hour critiquing the program with us. This resulted in a lot of useful feedback about what was clear, what was confusing, what was too long, what was and wasn't important. We would then rewrite, rearrange, and present to another focus group the next week. One piece of advice was that, after, was that having two trainers for each session kept the audience more engaged. Another group made the comment that if we expected our physicians to sit through this training, which we certainly did, 
we'd better have a physician as one of the trainers so the trainees would recognize how important the information was. So although I was one of the instructors for all of those feedback sessions, since our plan was to hold two sessions a week for nine months, I knew I needed to recruit some additional physicians to teach. And this is what I found. Our group of about 200 specialty physicians at the time, a few had been part of the feedback groups. We contacted them and they immediately volunteered to be part of the training team and really covered the first three months of training. Others volunteered after taking the class during those first three months or hearing about it from a colleague. And suddenly, we had enough. We called this effort our culture of safety class rather than error prevention class. Physicians, of course, can find an argument in nearly anything. Some don't like to talk about standardization. Others don't like to talk about efficiency. Others argue about call and compensation and whatever else is put in front of them. But approaching them with an ask to be involved in training their peers and everyone else who works at their children's hospital about patient safety was amazing. Although some begged out based on time conflicts with their work schedule, nobody had trouble being supportive of the concept of working on our safety culture at our hospital. In fact, I found them proud to do so. We gave them a lot of structure. Here's the slide set. Here's a verbatim script that will keep you on time. You will present half of the information, but the half presented by physicians is always the same half. So if we need to make a schedule substitution with short notice, all docs are familiar with the same material. In addition to the verbatim script, there was a bullet point script. We downloaded materials into their own thumb drive for reference. They attended a train the trainer class before their first session to practice being part of a presenting team and also to learn the nuts and bolts about where the supplies were, how to use the controls in the room and on the computer, and what their time commitment actually was on the day of presentation. We asked each for a commitment of five sessions to be taught over three months. We didn't offer any money or any other incentives, just the opportunity to be a leader in rolling out culture of safety at our hospital. We ended up with hospitalists, intensivists, neonatologists, surgeons, anesthesiologists, radiologists, chief residents, and a couple of advanced practice providers, a beautiful collection of 20 volunteers. In an academic medical center, the overwhelming majority of our docs like to teach, and not having to prepare the curriculum and the materials was a big bonus. Although I can see that scheduling providers to a three-hour block of time during the day, during the week was complex. Actually, finding interested and willing people was remarkably easy. So I would strongly encourage everyone to involve physicians in both the development of what your training will look like and the delivery of it. It makes the message so much stronger, not only to trainees, 
but in our case, it also sent a very powerful message to senior system leaders and various leadership committee members. Wow, if the docs are teaching it for free, perhaps they're onto something important over there at Children's.